Hi, and welcome to Girl Talk. Join me and my closest girlfriends as we navigate life, love, and relationships. Each week, we will discuss a new topic and address it head-on with personal experiences and learned lessons. Welcome back to Girl Talk. I'm your host, Britt, and today I will be joined by our lovely guest, return guest actually, Kendall. And today we'll be discussing people-pleasing. So Kendall and I actually have a long history of people-pleasing. We have both watched each other be people-pleasers in many situations. And this is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently in regards to specific friend groups and just trying for myself to learn how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is it is uncomfortable to set boundaries, specifically when it comes to just our feelings. I think a lot of the times we don't want to be labeled as sensitive or as being too fragile or crazy or, you know, all the names that women have. So I think a lot of the time we learn to grin and bear it or to put others' needs and wants before our own. So we're going to be talking in regards to all of these dynamics that, that play a role in people-pleasing in our lives. But one thing that I think is the major takeaway is learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's just something I'm working on. It's definitely not easy for me, but... I just wanted all you people pleasers out there to just remember that it's just uncomfortable. It's not going to kill you. It's just being uncomfortable. So with that, let's dive in. All right. Thank you for joining us again, Kendall. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. So today, Kendall and I will be talking about people pleasing um, and a big surprise here, both Kendall and I have a hard time with people pleasing and people not liking us or being too agreeable. So I thought this would be a perfect topic t- for us both to talk about and, um, and kind of dive into why we may think we have those. And then also what research says about people who are people pleasers. So welcome, Kendall, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's so good to be back. I'm honored to be here. And yes, perfect topic because definitely right up my alley. I struggle with this a lot. So this will be therapeutic. <laughs> yes, yes. Very therapeutic for both of us, I'm sure. And even as I was doing some of the research for this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have that too. It was very <laughs> reflecting on like all the things that I didn't realize were people pleasing. And I basically am guilty of all of them. So So before we get started, just to give you all a brief definition on what people-pleasing is, it's basically a way that we adapt, um, kind of a bad way to adapt, of creating safety in our connections with others by basically mirroring and um, their expectations and desires of other people so that we match what they are putting out there, basically. Um, And some top level signs of people pleasing is it's hard to say no, you hate conflict, you're quick to agree, you can be a 
very generous or a giver. You feel guilty if you're upset or angry with someone, and you can feel responsible for others' reactions, aka you apologize a lot. So I think right off the bat, I am probably the most guilty of hating conflict. I absolutely hate it. And probably also um, the guilt of when I'm upset with somebody and saying sorry a lot. Those are probably my top three. Oh gosh, same. I, I, I really hate confrontation and yeah, the guilt, just like knowing you're going to disappoint somebody and just yeah, internalizing that, but also, you know, not wanting to let them down, but needing to set boundaries. That's, I really struggle with that often. Yeah. It's so interesting to me because I, I almost like when I have stepped into, you know, confrontation or I've confronted somebody about my feelings, I seriously sit on it and analyze it for like a day and it eats away at me. And even if somebody's replied and is like, oh, that's totally fine. Or like, I understand where you're coming from. We're all good here. I still will have those icky feelings until I see them or until I can feel like the normalness of our relationship. Yeah, feel the energy is good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, it never stops. It never stops with just like, finally, I've leaned into being uncomfortable. It doesn't stop there for me. It's definitely like something that I, is internally happening. The worst for me is the waiting game when you've like said no or you uh, you know feel like you've let somebody down and then you don't hear back from them. Oh my god, I like can't concentrate on anything. It really can really consume you. Oh, totally. And that like pit in your stomach or like yeah, especially when you do send or say something to somebody and then you get a text message and you just see their name and you're like, oh, what is it? No, I, I usually say, Jeff, take my phone, read it to me, read it and then read it to me. I am such a baby. So <sighs> clearly I have issues. So why don't we talk about them? <laughs> That's what girl talk is for. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess, um, so while I was doing the research, um, I was reading about why people may have people-pleasing tendencies. And what some of the research has said is um, it's common if you've had a child or partner abuse, or you may have felt um, safe remaining in certain boundaries. So you may have learned when you were younger or um, in friendships as you were growing up that it was safer to do what people wanted and um, match their wants and needs for you to feel like you are also accepted. So by pleasing, you made yourself likable and therefore safe, or it's um, a reward that somebody likes you. And so you're going to keep pattern going kind of thing. There's also another thing which I found when I was doing my research called the good girl syndrome. And it's basically defined as a fear of disappointing others, fear of speaking out for fear of hurting others, must always excel, avoid conflict, obey rules. So I feel like there's a lot at play here. Like we're both women. And I do believe that um, as young girls, we're definitely taught to get along, be nice to others. Um, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a lot of pressure to always excel or obey rules, but I do definitely feel like I was always, you know, taught to smile or, and not, not just by parents, but culturally, I feel like we're taught to kind of swallow things. And that comes out through maybe passive aggressiveness versus just 
confronting something head on. Yes. I think there's so many like subliminal things that we don't even know how it affected us, but yeah, I mean, social skills, I think even with Barbies and dolls, when you're building that as a little girl, like that's social skill building and, you know, having people over for like little fake tea time. So in a way that's good because I feel like, you know, women are very emotionally intelligent, but it can kind of be torture if, you know, you're too honed in on making sure other people feel comfortable where you are neglecting yourself. Totally. Yes, I totally agree. And I think that's a great point that you bring out is like, it is a great thing that we are more emotionally intelligent and we want to connect with others, but what are we risking when it comes to putting connection with others before staying authentic to ourselves? Yeah. You know? So um, another thing that I thought was really interesting in my research is a Stanford study talked about when, um, when, when people were describing what the most desired traits of a woman were, it was to be gentle and docile um, and also soft-spoken and affectionate, cheerful. So these are all things that I feel like I can kind of relate to because in some ways, you know, I've always felt like, oh, I'm a loud girl. You know, I should be more soft-spoken. And I always wondered what that is. But if you look at people who do things like cotillion, um, uh, yeah. a, a mutual friend comes to mind, um, Kendall, and I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, but someone who goes to cotillion and they learn to be kind of soft-spoken, well-mannered. Um, I don't yeah, know. Like, well, but how to be a good hostess, like the party, you know, how what utensils to use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also just like how to be a woman, which is like, mm-hmm. why can't we just be ourselves? And that is defined as how to be a woman, you know? So, yeah. so, okay. So let's get into some reflective questions for not just us, but for the audience as well. So when we start to think about why we may have this people-pleasing issue or what contributed to either fear or abandonment or conflict or criticism, I feel like for myself, and Kendall, we'll get to you next, so hope you're ready. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm, re- I'm re- interested to hear what you say. Well, I feel like personally, I think I hate confrontation so much because growing up, my mom is a more confrontational person. She has um, quite a temper when she's angry. And I think growing up and seeing that, I was always a little scared that she'd get mad at me. And so I always wanted to appease her or just make things easier in my childhood because she was a single mom and there's a lot of stressors on that. But I think that it is something I adopted pretty early on so that I didn't ever... um, get my mom's temper lashed at me, basically. So I think that's for me where it stemmed. And then I'm sure in school, you know, with girls and, um, and friendships there, I'm sure that that was just something that I felt like, oh, the more I do this, the more people like me. So why not just keep doing it? So at least that's for me. I think that's where mine started. What about you, Kendall? Uh, Kind of similar. The, I think one of the main reasons is my mom was somebody who was like a stiff upper lip, you know, like turn the other cheek was a very well-known hostess. And she, you know, you just made sure people were having a good time. And on one hand, I really value that because she always made people feel so welcome and warm and happy. But 
I do think she really overextended herself a lot. And I've noticed my sister and I are the same way. We overextend ourselves and can't set limits for ourselves. And even though, you know, we love our friends and they love us that about us, I think sometimes we have to. I wish my mom would have done that. And I'm telling my sister, we have to start setting some limits. And then as for the trauma, I think I had a similar situation. My dad um, is very probably different from your mom, but could be volatile. And I think when you're a kid and you have a volatile parent, you just, you know, you want to make sure they've got what they need and they're okay. And you're not triggering this eruption. And I think that makes someone like very hyper aware of how somebody is feeling. And that can have a snowball downward, especially when you're grow up and you're dealing with all different kinds of personalities. You know, you don't want to be too honed in on somebody and that makes your nerves a little fried. But that's what I think it is for me. Yeah, I think that's great because I think that something that we don't consider is by doing this over and over again or like always being accommodating to others no matter how far it stretches us it it starts to build resentment i think and i feel like honestly if i if i really think about it i don't feel like a damn adult when i'm people pleasing because i'll say yes or i will avoid and then internally i feel bad that i can't stand out for what i actually think like in my head i'm like what the hell Brittany? like you you should say what you really think. Like if someone is going to be upset with you, that's okay. It doesn't mean they're not going to be your friend anymore. Like I always go to extremes like, Oh, I'm going to make them mad. And then they're not going to be my friend or, you know, and if they're not your friend anymore, they're not a good friend. (laughs) A hundred percent. So I feel like, why do I have these thoughts and why can't I just be a goddamn grown up? You know, (laughs) I'm like, so exercise more of my voice within places where I feel really safe, like my family and friend group. But like you said, with particular people like your boss or my in-laws or my husband's family, where you're just trying to be so pleasing and make sure they like you. Um, But yeah, it can lead to resentment because it can lead to like, maybe you're taking on a lot more projects at work and not getting appreciated for it. Or, you know, you're just... I mean, when it comes to my husband's family, like sometimes it can lead to resentment when they're saying things that are hurting your feelings, but you're just swallowing it because you want to maintain the peace. And then you're thinking, oh my gosh, well, I'm really hurt and suffering on the inside. And that's, I don't know, it's not a good situation for anybody. And I I totally feel you. I'm like, why, why am I so weak? Why can't I say, yeah, defend myself. Exactly right. The weak thing. I feel like that's exactly how I feel. It's like, gosh, I'm so weak. I don't want to be so weak, you know? I know. You like, because you see these movies, like the Wonder Woman and all these people who always have a good thing to say or, you know, stand up for themselves. Wonder Woman. Really hard in the moment sometimes, <laughs> especially with certain people. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I feel like it's probably... A conditioning thing so in order to get stronger at it you have to start leaning into it and just do it little by little and mm-hmm. as you start to see that people don't just drop out of your life because you're standing up for yourself <laughs> and if they do then maybe you're 
maybe you're either going too intensely or they weren't meant to be in your life, right? Yeah. The too intensely thing, like, I don't think the message should be, oh my gosh, I'm a people pleaser. I should just turn into a completely different person who's like, you know, hard as stone. Um, I think you can still want to make people feel very comfortable around you, but also be able to speak your mind or be able to be have boundaries for yourself. A hundred percent. And I think that's what it all ultimately comes down to is like just having the boundaries. So it is a balance. I don't think, I think it, like what you mentioned, how you don't want to be some coldest stone person, but mm-hmm. if you feel that a boundary has been crossed or if you let those boundaries just kind of fall away it's up to you to hold them there. So I think for me, my biggest one that I probably the biggest one that I have in general is avoiding confrontation. I absolutely hate confrontation. And when I feel like my feelings have been hurt, or I'm uncomfortable in a situation, I never say that I'm uncomfortable. And so then just like we mentioned, it, it starts creating this resentment or Um, or sometimes an avoidance, like sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I just can't hang out with them right now because there's this thing going on and I don't want to confront it. You start self-protecting, but then it's like, this person doesn't know why you're upset. And you know, exactly, exactly. And so then you're ghosting someone when really, if we just had the, the guts to stand up and just be like, look, I don't like when you do this. Yeah, and then move past it. And uh, yeah, it's like 10 minutes of pain, but then you feel so much better afterwards. Yep, It's really hard to get there. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And I think what you mentioned too is a, is a great point because, you know, some people, I don't think like how you mentioned your friend group and you're comfortable with uh, maintaining those boundaries or, Mm -hmm. or you're not as afraid of confrontation. But certain groups like at work or your, you know, in-laws, those are more, um, I guess, uh, lighter tread there. (laughs) So I think that's so true because I also, I feel like I have that. I would say I have a friend group that I can have, I could honestly have a conversation with, which Kendall, you're definitely one of them. I would not be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have a friend group that I, or I shouldn't say a friend group, but I do have friends in my friend group that I would not feel comfortable having um, any of these confrontations. I'm definitely more people pleasing to them than I want to be. You know, I, I, it's the same for me. And I think what it is, is we, I, we're always testing the waters, right? And the friends who I don't feel comfortable with um, are the friends who I've tried to set boundaries with. Like, oh man, they invited me this to this thing, but I, I'm so tired and I can't go and I feel so bad. And then I have to say, I'm so sorry, I can't go. And it's not met with a no worries or something. It's you know, met a little coldly or why not? Or da, 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 you know, just like twisting the knife a little bit And <laughs> with those friends. It's so much harder. It gets harder and harder every time to confront it because you know, it's going to be an issue. So, well, and I have to challenge that because the people that are giving you a hard time when you're setting a boundary that, you know, you're too tired and you're, you're putting your foot down, you're saying, no, those are the people that don't care if they're people pleasing at all because they're willing to push somebody when they've said their answer. Yes. So listeners out there, if you're one of those people who, when someone says no and you twist the knife, as Kendall put it, (laughs) 
all your people pleasing friends are going to start, you know, having a little bit of resentment because they're trying to do what's best for them. And yet now they're putting that extra guilt or there's now extra guilt in that you know, and that is situation. And I'm someone who I'm a very committed planner and I'm always committing to plans, but with friends who I have like this, I know I can never really commit because I'm thinking, well, if I commit and I have to, I, I always am playing it by ear because walking on these eggshells. So I think that's fascinating that you bring up the eggshells because that is always the one thing I think about when I think about people pleasing. It's always that I am walking on eggshells because I'm trying to to either tiptoe around how or I'm trying to tiptoe around other people's feelings to make sure I'm not hurting anyone. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a great analogy for that. And one of the questions I want to ask, because it was in the research that I started um, doing for this episode, was what goes through your head? And Ken, I'll have you answer this one first. But what goes through your head when you think about speaking your mind Uh, asking for what you need or setting a boundary like what what would be the worst case scenario for you worst case it's so funny because this is people pleasing to the max let's say somebody hurt my feelings and then I think well if I let them know that they hurt my feelings I'm gonna hurt their feelings (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I think it's gonna be worse and then it's a cycle of and and now everyone's feelings are hurt and I should just (laughs) not say anything so Yeah, that's what goes through my mind. Um, But also just like we mentioned earlier, nerves about how people will react. And one example is kind of coming to mind that still haunts me is long story short, my boss and I, we have a close relationship, but on this company-wide Zoom call, he stated a very personal joke at my expense that was really embarrassing. And I, I... agonized and then I mustered up the courage to say you know that kind of made me feel uncomfortable and then we're really good friends but could you not make those personal jokes on zoom calls with the whole team and his response was you know I didn't even think that would you would be someone who would be bothered by that I'm really surprised that this is something that would get to you but you know okay I, I guess I'm sorry I'm just surprised you know you got upset or something which is so typical of uh, some people. And I think that's like the worst thing you can say to a people pleaser, because then I just felt awful. I felt like I was such a baby, so sensitive. And I should have just let it go. And so I think that has ingrained in me. I don't want people to think I'm sensitive or, you know, so emotional. And, and sometimes people, he basically let me know that he did think that. So it was like my worst fear realized. But yeah. Okay, so I have so many, so many feelings (laughs) about this story. Okay, one, I commend you for your bravery, because I think it takes even more courage in a workplace. And when your boss is male, because you already are kind of, um, you're already kind of leaning into, they might see you more sensitively, right? Because it's a male and you're a woman. So I commend you because it takes a lot of courage. Um, And also, his reaction was just extremely unfortunate because I feel like when somebody says, Oh, you're not the type of person expected to be upset or offended by this. It's basically belittling your feelings and, and saying you're not living up to his expectations of, of, I don't know what his humor or your, 
a ability to joke around on sensitive matters. I mean, that is just, that's just rude. <laughs> well, it, it was very rude, but thank you. I'm, I'm still happy I did it because he's not done it again. So good. Anyway, and you know what? That is, that's true. In a way it worked out because you know what, that boundary is set and now it might make you see him in a little bit of a different light as far as, <laughs> you know, you're not going to that you you know he he may or may not joke about you know or see you <laughs> sensitively I guess oh you have to answer the question now for yourself what's something so, you I think for me when I think gonna... about my worst case scenario if I were to address um anything that's making me uncomfortable or um setting a boundary I think it's usually that I will either lose a friend or like you said, hurt somebody's feelings. Um, I have had, so I feel like, gosh, I've had so many of these interactions in my life, but one that comes to mind for me is I was at a happy hour with some coworkers and one of them was bringing up somebody's religion. They were Mormon and the person was kind of making fun of them. And I was uncomfortable by it because the person she was making fun of was also my friend at work or in the workplace. And so I said to that person, like, hey, I don't think they are Mormon. Like, let's like not talk about that. Like, let's talk about something else. I'm pretty sure that they're not Mormon. The truth was, I I actually think they did grow up Mormon, but I was too uncomfortable to say, like, let's not make fun of him. That's rude. I I was only comfortable with like almost doing a lie, you know, which is, I don't think they are, let's move on, you know? Yes. And after that, when we were leaving the happy hour, that coworker was like, oh, you just stick up for the white man. And you, you're one of those women that, you know, sticks up for, for white males and is not like a feminist. And I was very upset because you would never make somebody make fun of somebody's religion if they were Muslim or if they were Jewish, but it's okay because it's Mormon. I just feel like it it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be on the table ever really. And um, this person is also a very progressive. I, it was over a long weekend that this happened. So it was like a Friday after work time. And the whole weekend I was just like, oh, my stomach was in knots. And I was I had so much anxiety about going into work on Monday and I didn't know how they were going to act towards me. And I had texted that coworker on Sunday evening or on Monday morning, I can't remember, and said, hey, can we grab coffee and talk about things? Which I just want to say for all you listeners out there, this was a very big deal for me because I really hate confrontation and I really did put my foot down. And I'm dealing with the consequences. My whole weekend was like... Tummy issues, and, and then having to say like, "Let's go to coffee and talk about it." And now I have even more anxiety going into work on Monday because I'm like, "I'm going to go to coffee with this person, and what if they just say this all over again?" And I'm just like, "Just awful." And honestly, when I saw that coworker at work, we went to coffee. They apologized, and that was that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this whole weekend. You tortured yourself. Yes, I was tortured and it ended up being completely fine. So I think this is an example on two accounts. One is like, you know, I was people pleasing to lie a little bit. 
but also that I finally, when I stepped into it, the conflict was not even as bad as what I was internalizing it as. Yes. And I wonder how people who people please can get past that, like past this worst case scenario anxiety that this person's going to hate you forever because that's really never the case. But we all get that. I honestly, I don't know if that goes away. I I think it will. The anxiety will eventually go away the more that we do it. But I think it first takes leaning in and stepping into the uncomfortable and becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. That should be a bumper sticker. I honestly think that's true because the more I, I'm very, I'm trying to be very, I'm getting older. Okay. I'm like 32. I need to be able to stand up for what I actually think or feel or when boundaries are being crossed. And so I'm trying to just muster the courage and do it little by little. And I do think the more that I do it, the, the better I get at it or the more I don't have anxiety towards it. I still get anxiety when it's the big stuff, but when it's little things, I try, like, if I notice I'm analyzing or overanalyzing about it, I try and shut that part off, you know? Yes. And one does it thing, come easy? <laughs> it does not come easy. And I'm, I think you're right. The more, the more we do little baby steps and end up having positive reward, you know, saying what's on our mind and not having people get upset or whatever it may be, confronting somebody over a friend or a family member and having it all work out. Like, I think that positive reinforcement will hopefully help us in the future. And then also when I'm overanalyzing something, uh, a therapist once said to ask yourself, what's the evidence for that? So that's something that's helped me. And it's like, can be super broad, whether it's people pleasing or whatever you're going through. But that's something I can ask myself if I'm going crazy. Yeah, I think that's really valid because I think that's exactly what why I was like, okay, what's our worst? Because usually nothing happened. I mean, unfortunately, your boss was kind of the worst case scenario <laughs> for you. But I feel like usually it, it never actually lives up to our worst case scenario, right? Like, if it does, I'm very sorry. <laughs> but you did it. Good job. I I commend you. And to all the listeners, I've had plenty of experiences that have where I faced my fear and it's gone well. So maybe that wasn't the best. No, no. But I think that one is like, I think it's even tougher in the workplace Mm -hmm. than it is anywhere else because there are, you know, a lot of boundaries already in place at the workplace. So when you feel like one is crossed, it's like even trickier to get out of it, you know? when you were saying like thinking about, oh, the worst case scenario, you know, it could be something as easy, like, you know, she hasn't responded or, you know, why are you going down this rabbit hole or something? Yes, exactly. Don't let yourself go down the rabbit hole for sure. And I mean, I do not have this dialed in or figured out quite literally before we started this recording, I was overanalyzing a situation of a text message to a friend and their response. So (laughs) clearly I do not have anything figured out, but I am just trying to be more cognizant of my failings. (laughs) That's why this episode is so great. And literally a couple days ago, I was talking to Brittany about something that my feelings got hurt and I don't want to share that my feelings got hurt so we all do this and 
I mean, I'm too scared to even let them know. So <laughs> you had drafted and you shared something with me and mm-hmm. I called out maybe one or two spots where you had apologized if you were offending them by bringing it up that you were offended. <laughs> I was like, get rid of these I apologize if I'm being sensitive. And it's like, don't, you don't need to apologize. Yeah, or, because you're, and you guys should all know, listening, Kendall is like the nicest texter oh ever. God. Like she is very, she puts her heart and soul into these messages or drafts. And by no means is it read as being rude or I mean, you were so thorough. I mean, you were, I, if I got that, I would, I would probably just. I've never had to send you one because you're just an angel. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because really what people pleasing is, is it's prioritizing other people's wants and needs over, over your own. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that awful? Like it is. It's like, who else is going to take care of us if not us? <laughs> I know we're such bad friends to ourselves. We are. Gosh, myself would hate myself. I know. I'd be like, stand up for yourself. Yeah, stop. Stop being a little baby, which is exactly what I'm trying not to be to others is a little baby. But to myself, I'm a little baby. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so wrapping this up, I guess some reflective questions I'm going to ask is and Kendall I want you to answer this and I'll think of some for myself and um, maybe we can do a follow-up after we've had you know maybe a a time to practice these once or twice with confrontations outside of this call so how can you balance your needs and other people's needs better um that's a good question I think I'm not an expert but as uh, on my people pleasing walk, I think setting expectations and selling, setting limits um, up front. So, for instance, I have a friend who every time we hang out and I have to head out, it's this why why can't you stay we're having so much fun and it just I just feel bad that I'm like it's almost like I'm hurting her feelings so. And this is for any case, just go in with the expectation, okay, this is going to happen with this person. And what can I do preemptively to mitigate that? And like with my boss, I just won't tell him personal things. Or with this friend, it's setting a hard deadline in advance and making maybe something up that I have to do afterwards. Just, and it is baby steps and, or coming away from a conversation and being like, man, I wish I stood up for myself there. You know, I'm going to next time. Yes, definitely. I think a good point that you brought up too is how you said that you're going to prepare for, you know, knowing that your friend always does this because it's something that we do when we confront people in like texts or emails. It's like we prepare, we write it all out. And then before we send, we're emotionally preparing for what can happen, you know? And sometimes that does help versus like it being, I am definitely not somebody who just fires off my text messages when I'm hurt or upset because I'm a people pleaser, right? So I sit on it and, you know, slightly hate myself for a few days and then I finally send it. And, but honestly, it's that sending it and knowing I'm putting it out there where I can use that time and kind of preemptively prepare for what my, me, you know? <laughs> I think that's a good one. So I guess for me, balancing my needs and other people's needs, I think I really 
I'm really trying to embrace being authentically myself with my needs. So I think that's how I'm trying to balance it is if I really do disagree with something or if I really do feel like, you know, this is a boundary I want to hold true for myself and feeling like, you know, this is not in line with my values, like identifying what my real values are. I'm not going to be nitpicky about everything, you know, but what my true values are and how to stay true to them to myself. And if I feel like something is being crossed, I really feel like I'm now at an age or an awareness that I want to be able to, to hold myself accountable when people are hurting my feelings. It's not about holding other people accountable. It's really about holding myself accountable to being true, if that makes sense. Yes, very authentic. Yes. So um, the next question would be, how can you ask for what you need or express your opinions and ideas more honestly? Ooh, well, am I going first? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I think that, you know, this is really, this is a tough one. How can I do that? Um, I think going into it, maybe being mindful before you're going in to hang out with somebody who maybe in the past, you know, like those friend groups or that person who, you know, you try, try to people please going into it and just having like a little victory where you say something that's a true authentic opinion, or if they say something that hurts your feelings, you know, you can say something back. Um, I mean, I guess just celebrating the little victories is what I would do. What would you say, Brittany? I have to think on this one. (laughs) I feel like, no, I feel like that's great because I think sometimes we just assume that it needs to be some big triumphant win. So like, oh, I'm going to go have this giant confrontation with somebody in order to prove that I'm no longer a people pleaser. I don't think it needs to be like that. I think sometimes, I think what I, what really comes to mind pretty quickly for me is when people talk politics, you know, I have a very, I have a very good idea of where I, I lie in the political realm of my beliefs, you know, and I do notice if I feel like somebody is smarter than me, or we're talking about politics, and I feel like they have more knowledge about something, I will kind of sway to what they say, just because I don't want to have to debate it with somebody I feel is, um, is smarter than me, basically. So I, I feel like one thing that I, I think I can do just off the bat there is, is just acknowledge like, hey, you know, I think you have, you know, a lot more in-depth knowledge about this, but from a moral perspective or what, like what my beliefs are, I, I feel this way in politics, you know? Yes. And politics is such a hot button issue. So I think if you're able to do baby steps there, that's huge. Yes. I don't need to go into some full-blown debate to decide who's right because I think politics, it's not a right or wrong, basically. And you can always have an out. I think one thing my husband does a lot is if it's getting too heated, he'll just say, oh, well, um, I, I, I totally see where you're coming from on this issue, like, and then change the subject. So yeah. Or, you know, I don't think we're ever going to agree here. So let's move on. (laughs) And something that just came to me when <laughs> I was, there's this, I'm sure you've heard of it. Like you can be the juiciest peach in the world, but somebody is just not going to like peaches. Yep. That 
could be a little mantra when you're talking about politics or you're talking about something very personal to your belief system, um, cultural, religious. And if somebody's just going to be really turned off by that, then, you know, I mean, you're just, you are who you are and they don't have to like you. <laughs> it's so true, but it is so much harder to actually practice that. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, who cares if they like me? Actually, I do. I care a lot, actually. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I know. So, well, also, I've heard the saying that if you if you like some, if you want somebody to like you, don't talk about politics, money, or religion. But <laughs> I think that's very true. I think that's very true. However, I feel like in closer circles, like closer friend groups, you know, those are things that you tend to talk, maybe not money, but you tend to talk about you know, those things, because it's also a way to get closer. So sometimes it's like inevitable. And you just have to, if they're going to be close in that close friend group, you have to let them in, but let them into who you really are, not who you think they want you to be, you know? Yes. And sometimes you're presently surprised. Like I, when I visited you in Portland, um, we got, we were with friends and we got on this political thing and there was someone there who was uh, we had different ideas, but in the end, we totally both saw each other's side. So it ended up being not scary at all. Yeah. And I think that's also coming at it. Well, I think this is more for people who might not have people pleasing, but might be very authentically themselves and just recognizing mm-hmm. that sometimes it takes empathy or being open-minded so that you know when people who are having a very hard time stepping out of their comfort zone and expressing how they really feel, that you're still allowing space for them, you know? Yes. And I think people can sense when you're being authentic and they like that because they're like, oh, this is who they are and I'll show them who I am. Totally. Yes, I definitely think. And yeah, I feel like you're you're completely right because I think when I have been non-authentic, it's very evident that I'm not, you know, or like if somebody's like, oh, did you, do you watch that show? And I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So good. And they're like, oh, what, uh, did you remember this part? And I'm like, oh, I don't really remember that part now. And then I'm like, why do I, well, really, this person's not going to like me if I haven't seen this show. Well, yeah, we're going to be like, I have said, I've seen movies I have not seen and listen to music. I. It's the most petty of people pleasing there is. I know. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> oh, hilarious. But you haven't lied to me about Ted Lasso, which is seriously. I know because I wouldn't, I feel like we don't need to people please with each other, but it's on my list. I know. I know. I'm just giving (laughs) up as I can. Okay. So the last question here, which I think is um, kind of maybe a little bit redundant, but I think that if we really answer it, we can reflect on how it will help us leaning into this um, non people pleasing situation. So how do you think the health and your health, well, I guess, how do you think your health in relationships can improve and your relationship with yourself if you kind of break the people-pleasing cycle? This is such a good final question. I think this will wrap it up. I mean, I can just attest to... um, something I've really struggled with, which is overextending myself and signing up for too many things with friends. Cause I didn't want to say no or hurt their feelings. And once I started, that was one of the first things I ever implemented. Um, like it's okay if they're not happy, I'm not there, but 
having boundaries. And I have to say it's everyone's happier. Like I'm happier. My husband's happier. I feel like I can recharge. I have some recharge time when I'm with my friends, I'm more present and I have more energy. And so that has been something I've done that I've already seen the benefits and the scarier part, which is the confrontation part. That's what I'm still working on, but I bet you there's going to be huge benefits because people are going to know you more authentically. They're going to, and, and and with that comes closeness and understanding and honestly, a deeper relationship. Uh, I think the only thing I would add is that when I have, you know, stepped into those times of uncomfortability and maybe confrontation or just saying if my feelings were hurt, I feel proud of myself, you know, in a way that when I'm people pleasing, I don't have. When I feel like I'm people pleasing, there is a slight disgust I have with myself because I'm like, why am I not, why am I treating myself poorly, you know? So when I have, you know, stepped into that time of being uncomfortable, but doing it for the right reasons, there is uh, a pride I take in knowing how hard it was for me and still doing it. Oh, that's a really nice message. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for today. I guess I, on the note of all you people pleasers out there, just start being comfortable with the uncomfortable. I'll be doing that homework too. Kendall, you need to do it with me. Me too. <laughs> we to we'll accountable. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kendall. And I loved having you on here. Thank you, Brittany. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here and I hope to be back. Uh, you definitely will be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love ya. Love. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Girl Talk. Before you go, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review so we can get the feedback. Thanks so much. Talk to you all next week.